the studios are reasonable and my rent is not it, it's reasonable. It's still oh. a big chunk for me, but it's because right. it's Seattle. Yeah. But it's um, so uh, anyway. The building has a mission, and I'm what they call the human scale retail piece. That's hmm. what they're looking for for the ground floor. So neat. Yeah. Did you find? Like, did you know that before? I here? did. I mean, I was looking for space and really coming up dry and. I I had not thought of Pioneer Square, and I don't know why. It just was not on my radar. And um, I saw a Craigslist ad for this building, and I thought I just sent a really quick, irreverent reply back, not thinking anything would come of it. And mm -hmm. then it turned into, oh, why didn't I think of this neighborhood before? It's perfect huh. for an intergenerational clientele mm -hmm. and um, a grittiness not too slick, mm -hmm. but still people who shop. So yeah. anyway, there you that's go. cool. That's yeah. exactly what I think of when I see your yeah. your online yeah. presence, your social yeah. media. That's exactly what comes to mind, yeah. which is why I love it. That and the visual, it, just the style. Yeah. I've decided that I'm just going to meet with people who have yeah. far more style than ah, I do. And then it just like compensates. There you go. <laughs> So why don't you tell um, everybody like your backstory, like two or three minute uh, backstory, like way backstory, back. Way back. Yeah. From way the, back. Oh, you grew up in Seattle? Yeah, I'm a, a native. That's I'm a rare cool. native. Yeah. Well, I was a Pilates teacher. Well, way back in the day, I was a fitness instructor with a striped leotard, a skinny belt, leg warmers, inflatable yeah. high tops, I could see and that. a headband. So. Yeah. You can see that's the roots of <laughs> fitness. You didn't want to dress up that way for Halloween no. today. <laughs> no. um, and then um, during uh, our years of, we call it mating and breeding, <laughs> having four babies. <laughs> that's a good I was, uh, I was a fitness teacher and then I morphed into the Pilates world and before people even said the word Pilates. So I was really oh. into um, alignment training and teaching, morphed from there into a yoga teacher. And along the way, um, became a personal stylist as a side hustle, uh -huh. a side gig. Started to do some pop-up um, shops with my sister of curated cool, th cool things. And um, so that was a side gig for a long time while I was teaching uh, Pilates and yoga in North Seattle. And taking care of kids. And taking care of kids and you know, and then all the kids were grown and um, my husband was in a career change and I had the chance to pause my work and I was ready for a reinvention. And I had this internal sense, this is about three and a half years ago, mm -hmm. of uh, do hard things and I was ready to let go of being the teacher and I had an inkling that CrossFit would be the next step because it was out of my comfort zone and I knew that if I I wanted I wanted to, to do something um, from the inside without having to also be the leader of it. Mm -hmm. I wanted the luxury of being taught. Mm -hmm. 
and having being the beginner and and not having to run ahead of myself and then teach it for a mm -hmm. living so I was going to maybe shift gears in my work and I had this internal mantra this is summer of 2015 do hard things so one was signing up for CrossFit and I would walk from our apartment by now my husband you only done it oh 2000 okay so three private. three and a half years okay yeah so I'd walk from by this time my husband and I were in um little cool apartments in Seattle on our own um anticipating a change maybe even a relocation out of mm -hmm. Seattle as he was job hunting do hard things so I'm walking to CrossFit I can't even really breathe properly and I'm praying the whole way and you know doing the two-week intro and just you know so much of it seemed so far from me but at the same time I could I, I loved it and I had so many years of alignment in my body that I knew I could do it well mm -hmm. uh, so I was do hard things just doing that and that same summer as a self-empowerment move uh, I've got a very large tattoo on the back of my <laughs> leg okay. which I don't know we could do a, a viewing of it later <laughs> yeah. um, cut to the tattoo yeah and for some personal reasons it was a, a very empowering okay. thing it was I did not know that the back of the knee is where you're really not supposed to get a tattoo. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Ever. <laughs> so that was the second thing. And the third thing came upon me, and I did not ask for it. But I got, uh, in this time of um, reinvention, possible relocation, we temporarily then moved in with our oldest daughter, our son-in-law-to-be and our grandson and so the third f hard thing came to me which was I got the worst phone call that you ever want said my husband's name on my um, phone but when I picked it up it was not my husband it was the emergency room doc and uh, he had gone out for a run at seven and by eight I was getting just a little hmm. and then um, got that call and then my life imploded the um it was like the scene do you know the movie Amelie mm -mm. oh you have to okay. see it where she dissolves uh -huh. okay. into I water see it. Mm -hmm. and um but I was uh there with some my daughter got on the phone with the doctor right away and my son-in-law drove me to the hospital he had gone down with sudden cardiac arrest and uh, a man with a dog named Sully uh, came upon him and gave him life-saving CPR and then the whole fire department medic team came I saw him next at the hospital and that began a vigil that I thought would be a long long-term thing and all the family was there my brother and sister-in-law flew in one of our kids was in Spain one was where were they all one was in Portland one was I can't remember but all mm -hmm. of a sudden we're all at the hospital and we're in this vigil not knowing uh, he was fit and so the doctors were puzzling didn't didn't know 
Anyway, to condense that story, they put him in deep freeze that night. It's a, it's a technique to try to save the brain. Mm -hmm. The doctor said, I'm not going to go in and try to figure out what's going on with his heart because I don't know if he's a vegetable. Mm -hmm. And I was suddenly in a small, small space, like a cocoon space. But I stayed internally praying, and uh, so they said we'll warm him on Wednesday. He went down on Monday. Mm -hmm. They said we'll start to warm him up on Wednesday, but we won't know anything about his brain until Saturday. But they warmed him up, and I had my sister-in-law had said put on your running clothes that morning we're going to go out for a run this is at Virginia Mason mm -hmm. and she said are you ready I said no and she said come on we're going <laughs> so she took me on this run around Capitol Hill 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 and she would she would run in front of me she just would point the way we were turning and I I said on this run I have to make peace with the uphill parts of life and um then she was taking a phone call while we were running and she said come on we have to get back <laughs> so then we're running back and um they had started to warm him uh -huh. they extubated him i ran back into the doorway of the hospital he had burst awake and turned and looked at me and i knew he was going to be all there huh. so wow it took through the night and to the next day for him to integrate his brain with his body. He was really confused and kept doing the same repetitive things over and over. Anyway, they discovered uh, probable, uh, probably a genetic uh, blockage. His mm -hmm. grandfather had dropped dead at 48 so of um, a heart issue. So they went in then, found one artery called the Widowmaker, blocked. They put in a stent and said, you can go home tomorrow. <laughs> so we went home Friday. <laughs> no. And so it was a, uh, that was shocking on its own. So that was the third oh hard gosh. thing three and a half years ago that kind of gave me. Oh, I'm open at noon. I'm close. I'll be open at noon. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what she's saying to me. <laughs> Do you have editing I'm, capabilities? I'm, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a mom. Extensive. Think how great it all is. Oh, that's adorable. That's his mom? Yeah, she looks good. I know. She does. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. Really, that's his girlfriend. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's what, what I thought. Oh, yeah. Um, so do you want to ask a question? I'm just like, no. Da, da, da. No, we're good. Okay. It doesn't matter. So, so, so Friday you guys go home? Yeah. Then the the reinvention. So this space, I know, I know, yeah. Week. So this little season of do hard things, that was mm -hmm. the one that was the hardest, obviously. And uh, so here we sit then in this time of do hard things, reinvention, and now a kind of liberation of life and um, extreme gratitude mm -hmm. and kind of uh, 
you know, just opened up to possibility, opened up to change in a way that you know, had expanded after that dramatic experience. And so it turned out that my husband's job uh, was was here in South Bellevue. And so then, okay, now where are we going to live? And um, we had been given a gift of a down payment to get back into the housing market. And we, my sister had said under her breath in the hospital, I think you should get rid of that money, meaning put it, try to put it into a house because this hospital bill is Mm. going to be ginormous mm -hmm. and that stuck in my head and after he lived we just decided let's just play let's have an attitude of play in this house hunt mm -hmm. get out there see if we can snag something and uh, we we wanted to uh, be within our means so we uh, headed to South Seattle and found a fabulous place and uh, moved there though I guess the winter of 2015 and setting up house and I thought well I've got to get some little job to kind of take me in a direction as I'm trying to decide what I'm going to do and I started to work for since I had decided to not be the yoga teacher anymore giving up that teaching role was a freeing and good step I found a little menswear boutique in uh, Columbia City, a South Seattle neighborhood, mm -hmm. and started working, thinking it would just be a little, a little thing uh, to rev up my style business, have a boutique connection. Uh, but it turned out I sort of got into the nitty and gritty of that little place and started to figure out what would I do if I was going to be running my own shop. Mm -hmm. So spent a year there. Um, brainstorming and uh, creating focus and by the time I was uh, re ready to move on uh, I had some inventory and I was setting out to look for space in this again staying in the play of of work mm -hmm. and uh, uh, that brings us here huh. so I opened November 10th 2017. And no, 2000. What year is this? 18. <laughs> 17. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I got you. I think we're off. I got you. Uh, 2000. Okay, say that again. You Let opened and it's all there. Established 2017. It's on my ring. And had you um, owned your own business before? No. No, it, well, in a sense, I've okay. always leaned towards self employment entrepreneurship mm -hmm. uh, but but not a have hadn't had a brick and mortar shop um, so yeah it was why men's well to be it's underrepresented mm -hmm. in Seattle menswear and so there's a there's a pocket for me to to fill um, I lean towards strong I lean towards masculine I like the idea of daily wear. I'm, I'm not so interested in fancy red carpet. Nice. I love um, wardrobing, wardrobing from the standpoint of find go-to pieces that can work together and mix and match. 
And so the, um, I can say maybe the spirit of menswear is a li- mm-hmm. leans more in that direction. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't interest me. To, I, I, it's fun to do fancy, and I've styled. Uh, I'm working on styling our daughter's wedding right now for next summer, and I do like to do suity things and um, glamorous things. But I, I love the the whole of the the daily wardrobe, and so menswear is a lot about that. And uh, also because there's missing um, representation of creating suits and masculine clothing for all sorts of bodies, men, women, people who don't, non-binary people. And I knew there was a chance to um, create a space in Seattle where the energy was easy and welcoming and uh, adding the tailor has given me the mm-hmm. the um, juice to be able to offer that to Seattle. Yeah, so. we were saying before um, that that is what draws me. I always I like wait for your posts and your pictures <gasps> and your people because yeah. it, they're real people. Yes. and that's yeah. what yeah. I I yeah. I just think it's cool to see real people. Right. Oftentimes, when you think about style, or I think. Um, men and women but I bet especially men just because I've heard my husband talk when he wants to like change his style or dress nicer it's intimidating because everything you see in the malls and the stores is so like straight and narrow for the you know the petite man or whatever you call that version of the man you know and that's not him and that's not a lot of people and so when I see your pictures I just love it I'm like and it just must be uh just super rewarding to yes. see like empowering like, like that the, like the guy Calvin just I, know. I know I know I know and he probably feels so good yeah. I don't know when yeah. you find your style or you dress good yeah. I think you feel good and well it's part so. of self-expression it's part of identity it's part of feeling good in your body matching the clothing to what you're doing in your body can we pause for a moment yeah my nose is running yeah that's so cute. That's yeah. <laughs> take your mom to work day. Doesn't <laughs> like, Amazon prepare, have that? Yeah, take, take your, your parents, parents to work, work day. That was so cute. He was wearing those fabulous shoes. I saw. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could tell how proud he was. Yes, that was the dream. I know. Did you, when you did the pop-up shops, when you and your sister did them, was it... Um, more women's wear. More women. Yeah, yeah. And I have a background in women's wear, too. I used to work for a very high-end boutique in Seattle. Um, and that's one of the places where I got the sense of strategic wardrobing. Because we worked with not just random shoppers. We would have clients who were coming in mm. to to invest in their wardrobes. And whether you're investing a little or a lot, that comprehensive view of, of clothing mm-hmm. is uh, it's a satisfying way to go. Yeah, I imagine. Uh, I bet you start, now that you're in here a year, you're starting to get that too now, right? People coming back? Oh, from the it's, first day. That's what's been very... So cool gratifying a lot of regular customers and uh, 
some dip their toe in the water mm -hmm. they're coming in and they they need a style reinvention so that maybe they get one or two fabulous pieces mm -hmm. and they come back and do more some uh, some days I'll just do a whole mini wardrobe for somebody huh. um, but the idea that they can come back and have personal service and custom tailoring and that I can be looking out for particular items for them. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, yeah, the regulars have started from day one and that's been a good sign to me that the business is uh -huh. successful. And you have a successful. tailor. Tell us a little bit about the floor and having the tailor here and like the vision. Well, I had this tailor um, coming by appointment, so I would inv invite him in for a tailoring day once a month and um, set up appointments for him. Mm -hmm. And they tended to fill. It was, it was, uh, it was a, a very good thing just having him come by appointment. And um, then I got that great idea that I was telling you about. What if he set up his own business here? Mm -hmm. And you know, finding a great tailor is challenging. And to and he's young, and is poised to be able to really make a strong business. And so I pitched that idea to him because I knew that one of the spaces in this on this floor was going to become available. And I was helping to screen the tenants. I was helping the landlord screen the tenants mm -hmm. because I'm here and I have a vested interest in uh, who's here. Mm -hmm. And so one day she came back at me and pitched the idea to me. Well, really, you're helping me already. Why don't you lease this whole floor and then you have creative control over who's here. And so then the wheels are really turning mm -hmm. and I'm, uh, talked to the tailor and uh, I knew that it would be good but I, I'm not sure I knew how um, how much of a win-win it would be because we collaborate so easily mm -hmm. and feed each other business and for a shopper to have instant um, eyes on a garment can we do this can we not look how much better this looks is just a huge luxury mm -hmm. so. and how long's he been here just a couple months yeah yeah and so is there another space here too yes and that an artist is in the other space oh, okay. um i had thought about making that another retail um uh, tenant but after the tailor got moved in and i sensed the way we were moving through the floor mm -hmm. What you don't want is dead space on the floor, mm -hmm. and our movement in the natural way we do business with the tailor, his apprentice, and me brings enough action to the floor that the... There wasn't a third one that was needed. It wasn't needed. Mm -hmm. And then I thought even maybe bringing another retail business would be a little bit... We might be slightly in mm -hmm. each other's way. So the, the artist wanted to stay, and so we did another year lease with her and so but th that's all new to me that and that's that risk that's a business in itself taking to figure you know I had a lot of help to figure out the yeah. subleases um, and it, you know some things are not my favorite so I reach out and ask for yeah help. how has that been to have your own business good because from the beginning one of the things I sensed was set it up to not burn myself out, set it up so I am in the flow of doing what I do well. So I made the decision to hire a bookkeeper 
-hmm. and an accountant and I think a bookkeeper is like an angel mm -hmm. <laughs> it's an amazing for me it's an amazing yeah. thing um, because so many details can be funneled to her and um, not have to stay top of mind for me mm -hmm. so I can be about my business yeah so that's been good and then the consulting with the accountant and that's a less frequent um, need but just to have somebody with their eye on how to put the taxes together and because mm -hmm. if I had to be doing it all the worst. it would it would it would deplete me yeah and I need to stay energized and focused on on the business part that I do well the sourcing the styling the merchandising the the environment um, and and the the and the social media presence mm -hmm. and the promotion, those are things I do well, and I want to stay in that flow. So you do everything you like to do, and then yeah, I I still do things that I don't like to do. Yeah, um, some of the tasky things, some of the emailing, some of the follow up, I still do. There there has to be that part in any good mm -hmm. job, right? I think uh, yeah, and I think. Um, it kind of sounds like the approach that you took to start, which was to have fun and and yeah. just provide value to people, yeah. kind of offsets a little bit that beginning stress maybe of the financial part yeah. and the business side yeah. of yeah. stuff. I yeah. think that's what, when we opened our business, I didn't want it to have to pay my bills. Uh, that yeah. was yeah. how yeah. we set it up, yeah. Yeah. Um, which made every decision so much easier yeah. because yeah. I didn't have to do it. Yeah. I didn't have to make any decisions based right. on financial, yeah. which yeah. just, I think, stresses. Yeah. Anything that has to do with money, I think, is just stressful, it's especially stressful. if that puts food on your table. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I had to bring in something at, mm -hmm. this, at this shift in our life. Um, um, my husband's income is the stronger one. Um, but when we first started, when I first started, it was pretty low pressure. Um, I knew I needed to bring in something, but uh, it didn't have to be a lot. And now I've set on an amount that I try to pay myself every mm -hmm. month. And I've, for the duration of the year, um, I've been able to pay myself every month except one. Wow. So. That's that's good. good. Yeah. It is good. <laughs> yeah. It is. I know. Yeah. I yeah. know. It is yeah. good. Yeah. When you start paying yeah. yourself on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's yeah. a game changer. But and I'm trying to work that in, too, to the yeah. model. Okay. Let's yeah. let's keep this going. So. Yeah. 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 And it's all you. Is it just you? Uh, and the tailor? I have um, staff that I have cover one or two days a week. Okay. So that's my max. Yeah, is one or two days a week, and that's that's one of the more challenging pieces, because someone who's only going to get uh, two days a week maximum mm -hmm. has to be doing other things, mm -hmm. and then they may get a full time offer. So I've had some yeah. fabulous people. Um, I have somebody now that I hope will stay a little while. Maybe he'll work, you know, his side gigs together mm -hmm. so he can stay here. And he's very talented and eager and loves learning with styling. And uh, so it's challenging, <laughs> yeah.
I think that's the yeah. most challenging, I think, yeah. of uh, owning a business is yeah. the employee piece and then yeah. providing, I mean, no one's going to be as good as you are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe. I'm kind of thinking, maybe. well, this yeah. um, setting people free yeah. to learn, to explore, and maybe... Uh, and I'm I'm open-handed, you know. Figure, yeah. Build your clientele. Yeah, maybe they bring in yeah. another yeah. little eye yeah. to yes. the look. Yes, yeah. that yeah. would be very cool. Yeah. So you have four grown kids. Yes. Okay, and you guys are. I I talk I talk to a lot of women through. Do I need to try and turn that heat off? <laughs> no, it's all okay. right. Okay. We can talk. We can talk okay. over it. Um, I see a lot of women of all ages coming through our gym and I talk to them on inside and outside and I feel like there's like as they age they're they're lost huh. but I don't feel like you're lost at all I feel like you're the opposite yeah, so I feel how, the opposite like I us, feel the opposite help us like how yeah. did you like not only that but I feel like so many people even their kids are grown yeah. but they're they're supporting them and they're yeah. they're making decisions in their own life and in their own relationship not to live yeah. that's how I feel yeah. to still continue to try to live for or through their kids yeah I had an you aversion I had an though, aversion right? to that from the very beginning and oh, tell me about so it so I when we were mating and breeding and yeah. having our uh, making our our life with home and family the primary thing I would say is that my husband and I had this the internal knowing that our relationship to each other was more important mm -hmm. than our relationship to yep. with our kids yep. not that they were uh, unimportant mm -hmm. you know, not at all but that our investment in each other and you guys knew that from the beginning yeah. Yeah. We had to yeah. go through it yeah. halfway through. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. When they were out of the toddler stage. We we yeah, we started we started that way. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that in a sense that set us up um, to continue on allowing reinvention of ourselves mm -hmm. and trying to empower our kids not through too much rescue mm -hmm. sometimes rescue yeah some um you know, always a balance but um and then when it was back in the 80s and 90s that i was um, primarily a stay-at-home mom but because i had this sense of needing to cultivate my own identity we set it up so for a while saturday was my day out Mm -hmm. um, and I did uh, side businesses really in small increments that could be done from home. Started to develop my fitness business mm -hmm. when the fourth, I think when the fourth was born, yeah, I had her in six weeks in a car seat while I had rented a little gym and was teaching step aerobics mm -hmm. you know it was it was just yeah. like a hassle why do it well it's good to stay in the cultivation of your um, your passions and your skills mm -hmm. even if it's just in the margins yeah. do do something in the margins um, that's uh, I, I had 
before I opened the shop, I had a short six-month gig that I did where I was coaching a friend and another um, woman business person. She wanted me to to be her coach and to prod her in a direction with her business. And what I came to when I was thinking about how to most effectively help her was underneath everything, and this could be for business, for personal, for self-development, to not get lost, underneath every decision, ask, what am I cultivating? It's, it's just like a fast way to help you align your actions align your investment with a trajectory that you actually want. Yeah. I used to ask my yoga students, if you keep doing what you're doing, the way you're doing it, mm -hmm. where will you be in five years? We ask that, yeah. we ask that on the phone when people call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what we ask. Yeah, and you can make a lot of um, almost easy decisions if you yeah. can say, what am I cultivating? What's my trajectory? And I think sometimes with women, I have this conversation um, with women around my age that are like, well, I want to go back to work or I want to do something, but then the kids and I need help and I need, yeah. and I'm like, it's not always, because then it always yeah. goes to money. Like money yeah, is yeah, an yeah. easy yeah. way for people to like offset. Well, yeah. it wouldn't really, like, I wouldn't really make that much. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, but it's yeah. not yeah. so much about yeah. uh, the money. Yeah. It's about the value and what you're giving yourself, and sometimes, yeah. I mean, I think that I just would worry that if you didn't do anything, it sounds like you had this figured out. When the kids were out of the house, yeah. what were you going to do? Right. And you right. were starting to figure it out. Oh, yeah. 20 yeah. years. Early. It's just been, I, well, we talked about this the other day in CrossFit. I think we were working on Toes to Bar and had some little breakthrough, and I, I thought, oh, it's so satisfying when you have these little breakthroughs, and that's what... What I love is a journey of small breakthroughs. So if you keep that idea too for self-development, be on a journey of small breakthroughs. You don't have to be in this on-off. Either I'm gonna get a new career or never mind. Yeah. Be on a journey of small breakthroughs. And that when I go back to the story of the, when those three hard things happened, um, or, or to do hard things. Mm -hmm. I think I had a sense that I wasn't really tapping my potential and that that's part of our duty, I think, mm -hmm. is to tap into our potential. Because you do and that's very empowering and exciting for yourself, but then you have these, you know, you're using your skills and you're affecting people. Mm -hmm. And does age ever come into play with you as you get older and what your fear level or your mm. um, risk adversity, like, I don't know. Well, I mean, that the setup that I told you really made me more open to risk. Yeah. Um, and a sense of, I guess you could say age and time that um, if not now, when, mm. a sense of of, I don't know if I would say urgency, but more a sense of not wanting to waste. Don't waste, you know. Um, definitely, but you know, I think, 
Did you see the Facebook picture of me when I was 31 and then no, 56? The, the, oh, yeah. Yes. yeah. Oh, yeah. We were, <laughs> the, the, like, oh, so I'm stronger and fitter now. Yeah. And it isn't through magic. It's through small little moves um, in a direction. Mm-hmm. And so I hope to keep going in that direction. But, you know... Um, 25 years from now I'll be 81 so I can't make you any promises yeah. <laughs> but but I but I'm but going in a direction is still valuable uh-huh. instead of again this on-off way of living I think the yeah. fear I don't know how you feel but I feel each year I get my fear level decreases yeah I, I think I, I would agree I don't yeah. there's not a lot yeah I'm scared of yeah or, and along those same lines, each year I care a little bit less about what anybody else thinks. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Where I yeah. used to think, that was one thing I wish I yeah. could give myself as a young, yeah. younger, yeah. in yeah. my 20s. Yeah. To just, same. God, if I could have gotten yeah. over that yeah. faster, yeah. or just, it really yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. I think I was harder on myself <sighs> when I was brutal. younger. Uh, and just that... Well, I see it in, um, you know, one of my daughters, that wrestling, just wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. And, mm-hmm. and um, I think, though, that I, I, I have less fear and I have um, more ease, partly because of my partnership. Mm-hmm. You know, we keep cultivating that growth together as soulmates. And so that thing is this beautiful base to be able to, you know, spring off and and do other things for both of us. So I think that's part of age bringing less fear. Mm -hmm. How long have you guys been together? 34 years, Mary. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so I ask every person who comes on the Mm -hmm. same question. If you could, we might have just answered it. If you could give your 15-year-old self any advice. Yeah, sometimes people argue with me and they Mm. want to say like 17. And I'm like, okay, you could give your teenage girl fashion. Were you into fashion and always? Well, in a way, in high school. But it was just, yeah, oh, there was, you know, that. (laughs) Oh, there was... Oh, well, that was probably one of my most tumultuous times of life was 15 really? to 20-ish. So why? just some wild antics and uh, the search for love led to some dark places. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how I could... Um, I don't know what the advice would be to that person, but something about uh, holding on to to your heart and pacing yourself without worry and not giving yourself away for that in desperation on that search. Awesome. Mm. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yay. Yay. Awesome. That was the identical 
very similar to Leslie's. That's interesting. Yes. yes. Um, why don't we uh, give your intro? Do your intro real quick. Okay. We didn't do your intro. Okay. <laughs> Just your name and okay. you own. Um, we'll cut it. I don't know. Yeah. I think yeah. we'll, I think we'll okay. probably cut it with scenes and then I'll have okay. her walk you around. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Or you walk her around. Okay. Yeah. All right. So go. Um, yeah. Just go. Yep. Yeah. My name is Hillary Bailey Burnett, and I own H. Bailey Curated Resale in the heart of Seattle in uh, Pioneer Square. Perfect. Beautiful. Good. Yay. Beautiful. Can we get a picture real quick? Yeah. 